Hi, I'm Charmaine. And I'm Renata. And I'm Tiffany. And you're listening to In the Hallway. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Tiffany, and she's one of our dear friends from Toronto as well. Um, and yeah, today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, working and going to school at the same time. Mm. So all our work stories and yeah, the three of us, we all kind of have part-time jobs as we're doing full-time school. Um, so yeah, an icebreaker question to get us started. <laughs> um, what are you working as and what are you studying? Mm. Yeah, want to go? Uh, <laughs> what am I working as? I am... What am I? <laughs> the true question arises. Uh, I'm a policy and programs assistant with the provincial government. Um, what was your second question? And what do you study? And what do I study? I study political science and urban studies. And I'm almost done. Kind of. What about you guys? Um, right now I'm studying um, architecture and I'm graduating this year and I'm currently uh, working for my faculty, the architecture faculty, and um, my role is uh, a admin and communications assistant and I work with the diversity and equity committee um, at my faculty. And recently <laughs> I quit my second job which was at um, a cafe that was also like a makerspace and yeah so now I only have one job <laughs> um, and I am studying psychology and human resources and I work as a career advisor at my college's um, career center so yes Tiffany since you're a special <laughs> guest today <laughs> what is it like working and studying at the same time honestly Okay, just before my answer, I just want to preface that this conversation almost feels kind of weird because you both know already, and I'm just like <laughs> telling you, but I would just say it for the pod. Um, it feels, it's interesting. Like we were talking about planning this before and how we feel like we're in an in-between space. I think for me, I just feel like maybe a bit of in-between and a bit of everywhere. Hmm. Like I just feel like I'm being not pulled in all these different directions, but just there's not one spot that I'm in. I'm always constantly doing something, mm. um, whether that's good or bad, up to me to decide in the future. But yeah, that's how I feel, sort of everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's even, even more like kind of all over the place because maybe because we're working from home mm-hmm. and school going to school oh, from home yeah. at the same time yeah and so like our spaces of work and study and living and playing are all the same space and it's, it's all mixed together and sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing I'm just like Me switching too. between everything literally <laughs> my billions literally. times the yeah. one on the very left is work the one <laughs> in the middle is my YouTube videos and then <laughs> my school research <laughs> it's like everything is blurred into one screen like yeah. all, the, all the responsibilities that you have that used to be like separate places that you go to exactly just... oh my what is your working schedules like mm-hmm. mine is you... mine is kind of 
uh, all over the place each week. So no, me nothing too. set. Yeah. Me too. What about you? So I have like a set amount of shifts each week, mm. but I also facilitate some workshops. So those are kind of like salt and peppered in throughout the whole week. <laughs> But other than that, um, school and work are like pretty separate, unlike you guys. Mm. Uh, I think because I have shifts. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with the point where it's like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, today is Wednesday. Oh, today I'm That's going literally. to uh, my desk um, to do work. <laughs> <laughs> like every other day. Yeah. Some days when I wake up on the weekend now, I, I think it's like a weekday. Like mm. I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, I'm like... Okay, what time am I actually supposed to get out of bed today? And then I'm like, wait, is it like Wednesday? Is it is it Monday? And I'm like, wait, it's Saturday. <laughs> like, I have no meetings. Like, I can chill. So, it's just life. Yeah, they definitely all blurred together. Yeah, I think um, for me, I started this job um, in person. So I've been mm. working this job for almost almost two years, I think. And so when it was in person, it was like a whole new experience because I was for the first time balancing school and work like and that was difficult because I was running from one end of campus to another end of campus trying to run from class to work. And I felt like I was constantly in in between like of roles because in my role as like a career advisor, I'm supposed to kind of like advise students about like their careers. But at the same time, I'm also a student trying to find a job myself and like trying to develop a career so that was always difficult for me and actually i think moving online it kind of feels like a different job oh like, wow yeah. oh that's super interesting that you have both sides of the experience though yeah mm-hmm. whereas you guys onboarded your job online like, yeah online. yeah what was that like um i feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like it's real <laughs> yeah <laughs> no honest like it feels kind of like kind of bad to say, but it kind of feels like some sort of video game or something. <laughs> I was just gonna like, say. Maybe these people aren't real, like maybe all of this is just, <laughs> they're like just some tasks that I have to do and sometimes I see these people and I talk to them um, and like I check in with them about like what's happening and, and how far in my work I'm getting, but like it doesn't feel like I'm in a workplace. No, I, I feel that. Like, yeah. For the first time two weeks ago, I met my coworkers <laughs> with their video on for the first time. Because really? usually people, that, they work? No, people never do, they do meetings with their cameras off. Oh no. What? What? Oh wait, you're, yeah, because there's too many meetings. I feel like people oh. just want to like chill. So people aren't comfortable with their cameras on. Yeah. So I have only met like three of them oh out of goodness. like 10 people. And then two weeks ago we had this like branch like hangout thing where everyone was like let's do do cameras on guys and everyone turned their cameras on i was like oh so that's what you like i put a name to the face Uh, 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 uh. name to the face face to the voice (laughs) face to the voice face to the voice and i was like okay like cool like cool yeah it's just it's strange it's very strange and i know there's like an office it's like right on bloor but is I've never gone. No, no, oh. no one is. But I heard it's nice, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to step in there, so. Dang. Yeah, yeah. I had that similar experience. In the summer, I interned back home. And I started my internship completely online. 
like onboarding with like a Skype call mm-hmm. and like setting up my work email and everything and I thought like by the end of it I'd get to see my office or like my coworkers which I did but like it was because like the restrictions in Singapore were like loosening up so we had like a work like gathering with like the whole office and like we had drinks and everything but it was so weird it was like i normally <laughs> see you with this zoom background and like <laughs> this is yeah. what you normally wear like your home clothes and yeah. i see all these people in like these contexts and i'm just like you it's two different people <laughs> like they're real and you they're know real. you suddenly they're realize real. that they're real <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i even ended the internship like online as well so it was like mm-hmm. It was it was pretty crazy and like they ended it by like giving me this like chocolate delivery box and it arrived and I'm like like oh like it's real I guess like not that it's really over. <laughs> it actually happened. Oh, uh, online online work. Why did you guys decide to work while doing school? I would say I didn't decide it. I just it just continued, mm. so I just went with it. I was like, <laughs> might as well, <laughs> might as well, since I'm just gonna be at my desk anyways, and I don't have to go anywhere. Like Mm-mm. usually, if I guess if it was in person, the limits would be like much harder to meet because you'd be like running back from campus and work. Mm-hmm. But I think with everything being online, I guess the silver lining is that I can do it. I just have to switch tabs and like <laughs> switch between my two laptops. Like I open this one and I open this one and I just like <laughs> like teleporting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for context, you were originally working at your job over the summer. Yes, yes. I started uh, in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, uh, I'm actually in part time school at the moment, so I'm kind of just like finishing up my degree, and so. Um, I thought I might as well um, start working <laughs> and like finding some experience um, somewhere near my field or in my field before I graduate. And I think that's kind of the intent of why I was working last year as well um, at the cafe I was working at because it um, had to do a lot with like making and um, digital fabrication, which is really tied to my work in architecture. Um, and so, like, I, I feel like maybe there's this pressure to have work experience under your belt before you graduate. And, mm-hmm. like, not just graduate with a degree, but also, like, enough experience to be able to, like, have that one up and be able to, like, get a job straight out of graduating, right? Um, so I feel like that's mostly why like the underlying reasons as to why I was looking for work, even though I was still in school. Yeah. What about you? Uh... I think, yeah, I really resonated with like, it's kind of like an expectation. Mm. You know, like, I feel like in my parents' age, like all they need to, I mean, not all they need to do, but like <laughs> graduating university was like their main priority. But for, mm. I feel like us now, because it's so common to have a university degree, yeah. And even if you plan on going to grad school after, there's some sort of like expectation that you have like ten years of experience mm-hmm. under your belt. And when you apply for jobs, like even if they're entry level, it's like, oh, we need you to have three years of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though you, oh my God. we know you graduated from university yeah. just now. <laughs> How do you have experience when you don't have experience? 
Um, so it's that, but also uh, a more simple reason is my dad um, really wanted me to work during university, even though he didn't, which is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He was always like, you should get a job. But he was always like, he kind of thought I would get like, you know, working at a cafe or like something like that. Mm. But then I ended up working in like something that is a lot more like related to my field, mm. which I think is like a big blessing.
in the professional context. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah, do you guys feel like the like the way you approach and perceive what work is is influenced by like anything? I would definitely say that the main way is definitely like my parents. Like my mom hasn't worked since I was born, but I guess with my dad being the sole ew, breadwinner, <laughs> I don't like that word, but breadwinner, um, I think he's never really grumbled about it. And it makes, it gives me that same, like, it's not a pressure, but I just don't feel like it's right for me to grumble about work. And so I try not to, because it's, it's like, it's a privilege to be working, especially in times like this, like to have a job yeah. is crazy. Um, and I like don't stop to think about that often enough but then when I do I'm just like what the heck like I'm sitting here yeah so I think like my dad mainly has given me this mindset of like just to be humble and hardworking and just like to try your best regardless of how it ends up and whatever just to make the most of what you've been given that's pretty cool actually that's pretty refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've never really thought about this before. Actually, I guess the the first thing that comes to mind is I feel like um, growing up, I heard my dad talk about his job a lot um, and like how hard it is for him. I guess uh, specifically for him, he's um, like the I think one of the only Asians in his field of work, like in his workplace, mm. he works um, for an airline and like do, he's a mechanic um, for airplanes. And so um, like he always struggled like fitting in the culture there. And um, I guess like over the, he's worked in that industry for like many years, like almost 20 years. And so I think over time he's kind of grown to dislike it. Mm-hmm. So the way he talks about it at home is like uh i guess like he always uses it as a bouncing point to talk to us about work and say like oh you need to do something that you love Mm -hmm. like you need to do something you really love because if you're gonna do that for the rest of your life and you pick something that you're just okay with but you just want to make money like you're gonna suffer in the long run Mm -hmm. and so um like I feel like that's kind of how I view work and I guess also what I've chosen to study as well um kind of influenced by the way that my dad talks about his career I guess Mm. that's Mm -hmm. both so sad but also like very real yeah 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 Yeah. and I I guess for him he had no real choice to be able to switch careers right like at at this point he's like quite old and he is providing for our family like um so but i guess we're we have my brother and i have the choice to be able to choose now mm-hmm. so that makes me think is there like an a certain age when when people will be like looking at you and you're just you just feel stuck mm-hmm. like you can't mm-hmm. make a switch whereas right now when we're young we feel like oh we have so many options and we can pivot i guess mm-hmm. but when like when do you think there's a certain age where people will expect you to stay in what you're doing or or maybe there's no certain age 
Like when it becomes so enmeshed in like who you who are. You are. Mm-hmm. Like you're okay, not your identity, but, but like but your yeah, identity. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure like what part of your life that happens. Probably pretty well into your career though. Or I wonder if it's like an external thing or like a like an internal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you you have enmeshed yourself and your own identity with the work that you do and like I can't imagine that. I've only been alive for 20, 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't imagine working the same job and doing the same thing um, for twenty two years and mm-hmm. not being able to or like yeah, of course you wouldn't be able to to separate some of your identity from that work, and be able to like imagine yourself in something, some other um, field. Yeah, I like what you say about it being more internal because mm. at the career center, uh, we get a lot of questions from students. I mean, this is like a super limited perspective because I think the people I deal with are like, you know, educated students who have the chance to go to a higher learning institute and they're evaluating their career options so that's obviously limited right i can't speak for the experience of like immigrants and like mm-hmm. um people who have so many barriers from employment but we always say that like people typically switch careers four to five times in their life mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about yeah. yeah because for us right now i think school in a way it's supposed to empower you but in a way it kind of restricts you because you, you study a certain path and then it's like expected, like everyone asks you like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to work as this? Like, mm-hmm. oh, um, I guess that's what's available for you, right? And then you don't really, you don't really have so much creative freedom to think about or craft out a career that's different from what's stated in your degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in many ways, there's been times like when I'm, when I'm trying to look for internships, right? It's like, I want to work for this firm, but what they look for is someone who's done a very specific, like, business degree, right? Mm-hmm. Although, like, realistically, like, with the state of, like, higher education now, except for, like, specialized fields of, like, engineering, maybe even architecture, right? Mm-hmm. Most majors and degrees bring you out with the same few soft skills. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, like, it's it limits us because... Because, say, I'm a psychology major, people are like, oh, I guess you're going to look for work um, to help people or um, working with people. Mm-hmm. But, like, what if a psychology major chose psychology because they really like this, this statistical, like, research methods? Like, they're automatically, like, kind of limited. Mm-hmm. I think, like, in that sense, it's, it bec- the external becomes internal because you internalize, like, what society is, like, telling you about, like, who you should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, mold yourself to that. Unconsciously, so. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought of something while you were, you were bringing up that point um, about, like, us, I guess, a lot of different degrees coming out with the same soft skills. Like, one thing that I've found in all of the working that I've done, um, all the non-school work that I've done, is that, like, a lot of... I've learned a lot of skills that I 
did not get in school or I feel like I could not get out of school Mm -hmm. um, that are, I guess, mostly soft skills, right? Like, um, that are not, like, baked into a curriculum or something, but they naturally, uh, you naturally acquire them as you do the work and you kind of fit yourself into that workplace and and figure out how to do that stuff um, efficiently and well, Um, then you learn how to, yeah, I guess, use those skills um, in real life and, and not theoretically, I guess. I don't know if you guys relate in the work that you guys are doing as well. Yeah, definitely. I... I'm realizing that I rarely use anything that I learned yeah. <laughs> um, in school. Like, I literally have, I can't even say I've used 5% of the things. I've, like, I feel like it's more so it's given me, like, a mindset, and it's given me, like, perspectives on life. It might just be my degree also for choosing something like political science. But, but I don't think it's given me anything useful, <laughs> like, in terms of, hard knowledge that yeah, I'll be using yeah. in my everyday job like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna mention like you know some philosophers like quote <laughs> like no one cares <laughs> you know what I mean so it it makes me think like is this is a big question is the future of education gonna change mm-hmm. and of course there's already things like there's new jobs that don't necessarily look for these forms of formal education like just doing something in media or of being a YouTuber, let's say. <laughs> like, yeah. The world is changing, and I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see, like, what changes it'll bring with with being educated. Because it's true, like, what Renata said earlier. Almost everyone, I mean, if we're privileged enough, have an undergraduate education. So it's, at least in the North American job market, it's very common. Like, it's almost just, it's like a high school education now. Oh yeah, on that note, um, I was just thinking about um, my degree and like like a lot of people ask me why I study psychology and the main reason why I wanted to is because I like working with people. But realistically what I learned in psych is like all these convoluted like <laughs> research studies of like common sense things. So it'll be like a 12 page paper and in the end it'll be like, yeah, so people like um, like being with other people because we're social creatures. Oh <laughs> <was> like, my <laughs> Without my degree, I knew this. <laughs> or, no. So yeah, it's right. Like education, like okay, it could also be U of T, right? But mm-hmm. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. But it could be that education doesn't really teach us not knowledge, but like information. Because mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, this is related. But like one of my profs in my media psychology course um, has a very strong emphasis on not making us memorize anything. Um, I mean, because class is like online and everything's open book, but also in his very last lecture, he said that like, you know, like as a prof, he recognizes that at the end of a course or even like one week after the final exam, students will remember like maybe 1% of information. Yeah, that's That's why he's been teaching us like, instead of like concepts, he's teaching us like frameworks, like Mm. ways to think and like, articulate thought and like yeah rather than like rote memorizing which I feel like a lot of my courses make me do it's like I just have mm-hmm. to learn this statistic about like the labor market mm-hmm. um 
So yeah, I like your point on like how education will probably change. Um, hopefully, like we'll be a part of like reforming that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it could just be like when COVID ends and everything goes back in person and cl- tests are back to being closed book, yeah. that everyone's suddenly like, okay, I guess we'll just go back to memorizing crap. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I really like that idea of teaching frameworks. I feel like that. Uh, I I feel like I kind of understand university education in that way. Like, a lot of at least higher education um, is teaching people to think a certain way, and I think that's what people come out of university with, and mm. and that's what sticks with them. Um, I think for my specific degree, um, I kind of have a slightly different experience because um, architecture is less so information and um, like facts based. It's more of a practice, mm-hmm. and so um, I really like thinking about pedagogy. It's really interesting to me, but um, the way that it's taught in um, at my at my uh, faculty um, at U of T um, is very theoretical but they I guess the way that they're trying to teach architecture to us is um, through frameworks and like teaching us how to think about architectural concepts what is pedagogy <laughs> to write on the paper. She asked what's pedagogy. <laughs> Bro, what? I'm dying. Ped- pedagogy is like the, the area of thinking about teaching and learning, like how, how to teach people, I guess. Um, so it's like very meta. <laughs> we should name the podcast that. Pedagogy. That's <laughs> <laughs> They talk about it a lot in like education and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, this is because I I worked in a lot of um, educational settings in my random summer jobs, which we could talk about later. Um, but I picked up a lot of random stuff. Um, but yeah, architectural pedagogy. <laughs> um, I guess how I have come to understand how they're trying to teach us. Um, to become architects, in a, a certain type of architect at least, depending on what school you go to, um, is that they're trying to, to um, teach us to think and formulate our thoughts and articulate our thoughts in a certain way and have us be well-read enough, like giving us all these readings, to be able to um, form to understand what's happening in the architectural world enough to be able to um, form like dialogue with other people and to be able to create your own things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, to sound smart. To sound yeah. smart. <laughs> but then, because like when you create something and you have to pitch it to people, mm-hmm. like you need to know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And um, basically, like the job of an architect is to make the thing, but also to defend it. Um, oh, against everyone else true. to make sure it gets built, mm-hmm. um, and that's the like that's kind of the way the profession works. 
so um, it, I, it's kind of interesting like when I in my first year when I first started studying architecture I was like I hate the way they're doing this is so dumb like what, what um, was it like we we like just learned about the entire history of everything oh. of art modern art and um, like critical theory and then architectural history um, and we just like learned and memorized everything but then um, off of that like in our actual design classes um, we actually use it a lot in oh. how we talk about our work like we need to reference architects in the past and designers wow. in the past to be able to to back up your work like they call it a oh my um, like Oh, what's it like called? Like evidence-based yeah, evidence, reasoning. I guess evidence-based, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to back up your work with someone else who also did something similar, and um, they call it a precedent, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like a concept in law. Yeah, yeah. law, the legal thing. Maybe that, that's what education is, just like giving you some grounds and background for new knowledge. Um, mm. And like, and like, there's this concept. It's like called schemas. Mm. Um, so schemas are essentially like frameworks in your mind that help you categorize information and process it. And um, so if you think about like, um, like storage containers, like essentially schemas are storage containers in your mind. So um, the reason why we have them is. Um, Cognitively to process new information, it's a complete waste of time to take something brand new and kind of like put it into your brain. It's so much easier and so much more efficient and like so much more beneficial for our lives and our survival if we put them into pre-existing schemas, right? Because mm -hmm. it like speeds up information. And I think that's kind of like what we've been talking about. Like school kind of gives us a way to think faster mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to be able to deal with the problems of this real world like in a faster way because like I, I think about like even this pandemic right when it first arrived everybody was referring to like oh the plague or like the mm -hmm. Spanish flu like it yeah. gives us like reference mm -hmm. and a basis of like understanding for how this is gonna turn out mm -hmm. and kind of like sets our expectations mm. to like de deconstruct like the unfamiliarity and like the fear of like the unknown mm. yeah of the virus trying to relate it to something we already know and put it in that box yeah like, okay this is where it belongs yeah that makes me think like how did the first people who ever had the flu like understand <laughs> yeah. what was happening because you have no basis of what's happening yeah. you're just like like you're hot you're like oh what's happening like yeah you know scary that's so scary yeah so it's like for survival purpose so maybe mm. in a way like through all these educational institutions that's the purpose right to help us better survive if you think about this super evolutionarily which mm. not everybody in, in this society that, yeah to help us survive better. yeah and that's it for part one of this conversation um stay tuned for part two <laughs>